How's it going, everybody? You are listening to episode number 59 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a through hiker. I am a peak bagger. I am a hiking nerd. And if you're a hiking nerd, you've got to hit subscribe to this podcast and tune in every single week where I will be having more conversations with other hiking nerds just like myself. And speaking of hiking nerds, this week's guest is a man named Trey Free. He is known as Early Riser on trail and on YouTube as well. He threw hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2017. And let me tell you, this dude and I have a lot in common when it comes to talking about the mental preparation, that whole side of through hiking. Honestly, I didn't really know very much about this dude until he kind of hit me up on YouTube. And through that, we were able to connect and make this episode happen. And honestly, one of my favorites. This is perfect timing. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are going to be prepping for the Appalachian Trail this upcoming year in 2020. Actually, it is already 2020, so I got to get used to saying that. But anyways, it's a great talk. It's going to be great, yeah, for for anybody who's looking to through-hike the AT this year or any year in the future. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. So early riser, when you hear this, we're going to do another one soon because I have a feeling we could both talk about this stuff all day, every single day. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Folks, if you are tuning into the show every single week and you're actually listening to my introductions, which means you're hearing this right now, um, there's, there's two things I need you to go do to help out this show because obviously you're 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 interested enough in the show that you're listening to this right now. So yes, iTunes reviews, you know how that goes. Please go leave a five-star iTunes review. I will read it out loud during an episode introduction, which is actually what I'm going to do right now. I got a couple since my last uh, since my last episode. So this one says, a transformative commute. Found Trail Tales recently. I am a hiker backpacker only, but the thru-hike stories from Kyle and his guests are a great escape from my daily three-plus hours commuting. Damn, that is rough. Um, he writes... A bit rough around the edges. The podcast is an easy listen with lots of learning. Trail magic and trail angels is actually something. Who knew? Tune in, trail up. Great, great review. This is still definitely pretty rough around the edges, but you know, it is what it is. This next review is short. It says, awesome show. Really enjoy the show. Keep it up, please. I will do just that. Thank you guys so much for the reviews. I've got a couple more I'm not going to get to right now because the second thing I need you to check out if you are listening to this introduction right now and you you tune in every single week is the Trail Tales Patreon, patreon.com slash trail tales. Why should you give me your hard-earned money? Well, that is a great question. If you listen to the show on the regular and you want to ensure I can continue to produce it. Unfortunately, there are some small costs associated with it. I don't do the Patreon to get rich. I do not get that much money from there. I'm thankful for every single dollar I do get, but it's, it's really not that much. The point of the Patreon is to help cover the costs of this show, the website hosting, the podcast hosting, various equipment, expenses, software, things like that. So if you could go check out the Patreon, once again, patreon.com slash trail tales, that would be sick. End plug. I think I'm gonna just say the Instagram, the email real quick, and then we're gonna get into it. Instagram at Trailtales Pod. Go follow me on there. Facebook, I'll throw that out there as well. Go look up Trailtales on Facebook and email trailtalespod at gmail.com. Send me an email with some suggestions for guests or just anything about the show that you like or you dislike. Talk some shit. Do whatever you really want to do on there. Honestly, that would be cool. Trailtalespod at gmail.com. And yes, go check out my YouTube channel. I forgot to say that a second ago, but Kyle hates hiking on YouTube. I freaking love playing with cameras and making bad jokes on YouTube. So go check that out. I just told a couple stories in my latest video about the, the two times I quit various through hikes and I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. So yeah, Kyle hates hiking on YouTube. Just search that, or you can follow the link in the show notes. And with that said, let's do it, folks. Early riser is on the show. Appalachian Trail class of 2017. What's going on, everybody? Early riser from YouTube. A, a really awesome Appalachian Trail through hiker is on the show today and as we just discussed a second ago dude um you were kind of surprised that i was only 23 years old why is that i'm kind of curious 
I just think, I look back when I was 23, I'd already done a tour in the Marine Corps by then, but I still didn't feel like I was probably as mature and as put together as what you come across on your videos. And, Dude, have you, um, you, know, have you seen my, podcast. wait a minute, I I have. have you seen my videos and all the photoshops? And I shit? have. I'm literally going for the opposite of that. I'm going for like the immature, like just kind of like, not, not I asshole, think, but I think I don't you know. can't <laughs> cover it up. I think you have the opposite effect you think you do, at least the guys like me and being an older <laughs> guy. I, I told you this is the first podcast I've agreed to come on because I kind of like your style and, and how you present yourself. So um, kudos to you for that, man. It's been interesting to, to watch you. Dude, I really appreciate that, that, that really means a lot, honestly. That and by the way, that's a great way. If you're ever another um a guest on a different podcast, like complimenting the host right at the start and just like stroking their ego like that, great way to start the podcast. Nobody I, ever does it on my podcast, so I thought I'd <laughs> oh, change it up here. You'll have to send them a link to this one then. Because you know how it's done. Um I, I should I should start doing that the next time I'm a guest on someone else's podcast. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Um yeah, man, thank you so much for for doing this. Like you just said, this is your first you know, early riser hiking podcast anyways. And so like, that's a, that's, that's awesome. Like, I, I just really appreciate you uh, coming on today. It's absolutely my pre- pleasure, man. I've been looking forward to it all week, to be honest with you. Dude. Awesome. I, I have as well. Um, freaking dude, where should we even start? Why don't actually that's I, I 59 episodes now. I can't even <laughs> remember how to start these. Yes. I know exactly how to start though. Um, tell everybody, I'm sure a lot of people here listening know who you are already, but, um, for those that don't, why don't you just go ahead and explain who you are, what you've hiked, and uh, yeah, talk about your vlog, anything you want, really. Who is Early Riser? Yep. So to the hiking community, I am Early Riser 7-1. I came on the scene in uh, late 2016, early 2017. Uh, I started off as a fan of AT through hike bloggers. I grew up near um, Amaclola Falls. Actually, we used to have our family reunions there, so that's where I kind of found out about the AT and kind of grew interested in it. And then I found some bloggers on YouTube and my God, I was hooked ever since. I liked watching them go through the mental journey and I like to see how each guy or girl pro- portrayed the trail in their own way, um, in cinematic fashion or in voice. Uh, decided, yep, I got to do it. So I went in and told work, hey, I'm either going to quit and go walk to AT or you can let me take leave for four months and go walk to AT. It's y'all's choice. They chose, hey, man, we want to keep you around. So they gave me four months off. And uh, through a hike to AT in 17, uh, started February the 16th and summited Katahdin on June the 8th, 113 days later. That's about it, man. <laughs> that's about it. Now, nah, that's that's not about it, dude. You've been, you've been making a ton of videos since then as well. Um Dude, I don't even know where to start here. Shit. Like, so let me ask you this. Who were some of like the first uh, vloggers that you followed? Because from what you just said there, it sounds like you kind of got into through hiking or at least were exposed. Well, maybe not exposed to it because you you said you were from the, you know, northern Georgia there. But the idea, it sounds like came from, you know, following those people on YouTube. So I'm just kind of curious, first of all, to have you verify if that's actually true or not. If I speculated too much there. And second of all, you know, just who some of those people were that you followed originally. No, you nailed it. I think that's exactly cool. right. Um, <laughs> you know, some of the guys that stood out, and if anybody watched my channel, they know because I talk about these guys all the time. And I think that's maybe what a little bit what's a little bit different about me is I'm I video long videos every day when I'm on the trail, but a lot of those times I'm talking about the experience that I had with other through hikers when they um, through hikes. So Bigfoot is a huge one. Spielberg, um, who was probably my biggest inspiration, that guy, if you haven't watched any of his videos, um, man, I would just suggest your audience go click on a couple of his videos because they're special. What's his name? Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. And he obviously got that name because he, uh, he's a master at the video and it it was great. (laughs) He, he was the first one actually, Kyle, that started doing, forward-facing shots of the trail. Instead of just showing your face for 2,200 miles, he was actually showing the trail in front of him, and he was overlaying a voice, and it was amazing. So he hooked me in. uh, Redbeard hooked me in, and then uh, also everybody knows Dixie, and she hiked two years before I I got out there, so I I watched her whole through hike too. And and watching somebody start with no experience and summiting um, the same year is pretty impressive as well. Yeah, dude, for sure. You are like very well versed on the uh, the hiking YouTuber, the vloggers and stuff, dude. That's a uh, that's pretty insane. I follow probably up to 
50 to 100 people a year on YouTube. And I will pe- I peter off really quick on some folks and not because I don't value them or like them. Of course, it's yeah. It's just, just like you, I value the mental side. And if I see them struggling mentally and then I find out that they probably didn't prepare too hard, I kind of maybe unsubscribe or, or lean away from those guys, not because I don't, I want to support them, but really I'm looking for the people who are, who are in it for the struggle the whole way. Yeah. And, uh, again, that mental piece is, is what it's all about. Yeah, man. And we're going to talk about that quite a bit today because as many of my listeners know, I am also very fascinated by that. I took mental preparation very, very seriously um, before I left for my through hike. Honestly, like if I can even say this, I feel like I almost took it too seriously. Like I was almost too, not really hard on myself, but I, at the end of the day, I almost want to say that through hiking the AT was easier than I expected it to be mentally just because, not because it was easy, but because I was just so like hard on myself. Like, so, okay. Like Kyle, you are about to like fucking see some shit here. You have to like, like be ready for this. I don't know. Um, I got a, there's a couple of things to that. So let me, so two things. Go for it. Go for it. One, when I got up to Vermont, New Hampshire, up in your neck of the woods, what I noticed about the people up there is they're a little bit different than where I grew up in the Southeast. People in the Southeast don't, A, they don't have the White Mountains with Green Mountains to go play in on the weekends. But B, a lot of us don't seek that type of adventure on the weekends, at least when I was growing up in my era. So when I got up to your neck of the woods, what I noticed was I was out post-holing in snow in the White Mountains, and there was weekend day hikers just loving it out there, and I was miserable. And they're just a different breed up there. So I think guys from Vermont and girls from Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, I don't think the trails as much as a mental struggle as it is for somebody who comes maybe from the southeast. And I could be way off in my theory there, but that's what I saw play out on the trail. See, I don't know if it's so much just a geographic like that or if it's more just based off of experience too because – a lot of those people trudging around in the uh, in the snow in the whites during the winter, or you know just whenever it was, you, if there's snow there, you know, generally speaking, those are going to be some of the more I, I would hope at least some of the more experienced hikers. Although I guess you have to start at some point, but yeah, um, no, that's a great point. Uh, they're used to, I mean, hiking the mountains in the White Mountains are a whole lot different than the Georgia Mountains. Georgia Mountains are hard, especially starting off, especially if you're not ready. Georgia will kick your butt. But New Hampshire and even Vermont and Maine will destroy you if you're not ready for those. So Southbounders, man, they have my utmost respect because they get it up front. And yeah, it's dude, that is so crazy. Like I've thought about that too, um, because yeah, dude, like you're in in my opinion, Southern Maine was probably like if we're gonna get real specific, that like first I don't know. I don't even remember how many miles. Like the first half of Maine, say, yeah, was like the Mahusic Range. Yeah, dude, terrible. exactly. That terrible. was like physically speaking and mentally for me as well. But you know, just just for physically, we'll we'll say um, that was the most difficult part of the trail, in my opinion. So the fact that Sobos, I mean, I guess the first like half of Maine, not not easy, but you know, it's not quite as bad. But like, I mean, you, you still don't even really have your trail legs by the time you hit a southern Maine like that so that honestly does blow my mind and, and i have a lot of respect for for sopos who can kind of put up with that right from the start you know that's, yeah that's me too crazy. i was in the i was in the 100 mile wilderness when the sobo train kicked off in june katahdin opened on june the first i think in 17 and so i was passing some folks who had been up katahdin a couple of days earlier and 90 to 95 percent of them i kid you not kyle were all limping or they had something messed up with them already katahdin's katahdin's that hard People don't understand it until you actually go do it, but Katahdin is a tough freaking mountain to start with, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, definitely. definitely. The other thing I wanted to say about your comment about how you prepped maybe too hard was I had the same experience, and I don't want to bring in the military too much, but it was exactly what you said. The first time I was ever in some raging combat, I looked around, I was like, is this it? Is this because we had prepped so hard for it up to that point? The real thing didn't thing bad at all and i think that goes back to the preparation you were talking about on your hike i just want to know what did you do to prep you said you prep really hard what were some of those things because i think people need to hear that man i think people don't understand how to prep the mental side yeah man so for me it was a little bit unique in that as as i've, I've said many times on the show a lot of my listeners have heard me say this um i spent like years like kind of preparing for this trail. I decided when I was like 16 years old that I wanted to through hike someday. And I, I, it sounds weird to say, but 
every single hike that I did leading up to the time I actually threw hiked, or maybe not right from the right when I first started hiking, but say, you know, from like 2014 up to 2018 when I actually threw hiked, every single hike I did, and I put in, you know, probably over a thousand miles between when I wow. first started and when I actually ended up, you know, starting the Appalachian Trail. Um, every single hike that I did in the back of my mind was like a prep for the AT, which is a very awkward way of saying that. But for instance, there was many times and one time in particular that, that just uh, pops into my head here. I was on the um, Dix range in the Adirondacks, which f- for anybody familiar, probably know that um, the Dix range and honestly, all the 46ers pretty much are pretty rough. I was on a herd path. It was some pretty gnarly stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, like late September raining, just like the worst conditions you can possibly have without it being winter, basically. And I was like, I, I wasn't, I don't, I don't want to say I was like borderline hypothermic, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I was at the point where if I hadn't like started to make some, some important choices about my clothing, about, uh, you know, my pace and, and getting back to a, a warmer place, then I was kind of going in that direction. Like I was fine, but, um, you know, I, I had to be kind of mindful of that. And it was just like a, just awful conditions, not comfortable whatsoever. And I remember for, you know, the probably 10 miles, I had to kind of put up with that in the back of my head the entire time. It was okay. Like, can you handle this? Like, if you really want to through hike the Appalachian Trail, if, like, can you put up with conditions like this on a regular basis? Can you put up with these conditions for, you know, weeks and, and months at a time, which is kind of exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, I was really just, um, testing myself. And, and that's just one example. Every single time I was in any sort of uncomfortable situation on the trail, it would always come back to the AT, like, okay, like, can you handle this? And, and it's kind of like, I feel like it's slightly kind of fucked up because like, I was just like, maybe like putting a little bit more pressure on myself than I, than I needed to, Mm. but I definitely feel like it paid off. Now, let me turn this back around to you. So obviously my experience was a little bit, my, my mental preparation experience that is, was a little bit unique just because I feel like most people who through hike the Appalachian Trail don't have that much time um, to prepare, you know, let alone that much time to, to hike and stuff. So, so what did you do? I guess this is kind of the, the question we're going to be kind of addressing this entire episode of what did you do to prep, uh, to prep your mind before you left for the AT? Yeah. So I have a, my entire adulthood was spent in special operations. So I have a lot of, of time suffering and learning how to deal mm-hmm. with it. But what I would offer people is a through hikes a little bit different. So just cause you're good in the military, or just cause you're a good athlete doesn't mean you're going to go be on the AT or any other long trail and be successful. There's some things you're there for a long time and time and distance are big equalizers to a lot of people. So for me, um, things that I knew was, um, that was going to happen as soon as I got out there the first few nights. Nobody ever sleeps good the first few nights because they're excited. I wanted to try to get over that as fast as possible. So I spent a lot of nights in my tent in the backyard, getting used to all the, the kit, um, making sure um, everything, like I knew how to get my sleeping pad to the level of comfort that I wanted because everybody just blows that thing full up and lays on it and it's, it's like <laughs> a rock. So it's those little things that you can learn and adapt before you ever step foot at Springer or Katahdin or whatever trail you're going to hike. And uh, to make those first few days easier so you can adapt faster and you can focus on hiking and having fun versus, man, this sucks. Because a lot of people get out there and they their first few days are like, man, this sucks. And that's a shame to me. I think, man, what an opportunity. They spend all that time on gear and equipment, and they get out there, and they just don't enjoy their time. And that really sucks for me. I hate to see it. Yeah, dude, for sure. Have you read um, Appalachian Trials? I have. I just, on my newest video, I think I put that in the link, too. Oh, really? That's, that's a book that people need to read. That is a fantastic book. I mean, there's a reason that it, like, spurred the biggest, like, backpacking, through hiking like, a uh, blog that exists now. I mean... I, I've I've said this a couple times too, but for anybody listening who's going to be attempting a through hike this year, even even it doesn't even have to be the AT. Really, any through hike, you know. I mean, there's yep. the the Pacific Crest Trail tri- or P- Pacific Crest Trials version as well, but it doesn't even have to be one of those two. Even if it's a shorter through hike too, that book is absolutely um kind of going back to you know what I did to prep. I think that book had a huge influence on it as well because. 
reading that or even even before i even read it i remember i saw this video of zach who i'd love to have on the show at some point um Mm -hmm. i i saw this video of him just talking about the book and it was like four minutes long just like a webcam it wasn't like a well-produced like high quality video and he was basically just like hey look through hiking is really fucking hard and you should prepare for it i don't know why this book doesn't exist already but it doesn't and i'm gonna write it and i I wrote it and like here you know here here it is basically and that kind of fascinated me and and that got me like thinking about it i gotta say you know at that point i i had a little bit of experience hiking but nothing more than just a couple days and that really is like what made me realize that I need to take some of this stuff seriously. And that's why I really appreciate, you know, people like yourself that do cover this stuff. And, and we can kind of get into this a little bit um, because it sounds like we agree that a lot of the people on YouTube, you know, not, 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 not even saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but a lot of the people don't uh, cover the mental shit. They, they focus on gear and they focus on some of the more positive shit. And like, I totally get that, that, that's more entertaining most of the time it gets more clicks like that's totally fine no problem there but it is kind of refreshing that you are somebody else that talks about this stuff and and understands the importance of this stuff yeah i hope that um i think my entire time that i've been vlogging what i try to get across to people is what i want through my involvement on youtube is for people to learn just enough to where they can experience that magic the entire 2,200 miles instead of only experiencing 50 of it and then going home. Because up front's important, but I will tell you, and you know this better than anybody, once you get into the 1,000-mile mark, the 1,500 mark, especially the 2,000-mile mark, some very special things start happening in your life. You can't explain them. They're intangible. Uh, But it is a special place to be the last few weeks of this hike and especially getting to the top of it at Katahdin. To me, man, there's no better icing on the cake. So everything I do is to try to just I want people to be able to experience that because it is that special. It was that special to me. And um, if they're not mentally preparing, we already know that only 25, 20 to 25 percent of the people make it to Katahdin. Uh, I think that number can be increased if people would just do what they need to do up front and quit using time as an excuse. Cause if you got to go to work for the next seven days, that's good. You can sleep in your backyard though. You can do something to help that adaptability up front. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. And I'm going to sidetrack us a little bit here, but one thing that I found helpful, um, was I, I basically, I think I'm going to make, or at least mention this in a, in a future video too. Like I, use my physical preparation time, you know, in the months leading up to the through hike as a way to also prep my mind. Right. So that was, Beautiful. you know, I was, I was, I was finishing up my senior year of college. I had a lot going on and it, you know, I, I was still thinking about it, you know, towards the end of the, uh, the, the year, but um, for most of my senior year and, and all of first semester and in the first half of my second semester senior year, I like hadn't really, th- I mean, I had thought about it enough that I knew I was going to do it and I like had plans to do it, but it didn't really click until say like the end of March, maybe and I left in a uh, mid May. And so after that, I, I, I did start to think about it and I basically, every, I, I, I was working out quite a bit and, you know, around that time too, I started to tailor my workouts, um, instead of like a just whole body workout it, it, to more of just a, you know, cardio and leg workout to get ready for the hike, obviously. Yep. And I would use that time at the gym or when I was uh, running to also just like prep my mind. That was like my allotted time to only think about the AT. I had all these exams and, and college stuff, um, social stuff, fraternity stuff, and that was my time to block all that other stuff out and only think about prepping myself for the trail. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious to hear. And again, like people say, I talked about this a little bit in the video I just published like 10 minutes ago here. Um, you know, people say you don't necessarily have to prep your your body. And, and that's a whole nother debate. I'm just kind of curious to hear what you did. Did you like uh, prep physically at all beforehand? And if you did, did you also kind of tie that into the uh, the mental stuff? Yeah, I love this. Anybody that watches me is probably laughing that you just asked me that question right now Fuck. because everybody everybody knows I am the um I push people a little too hard probably on the physical side. <laughs> I didn't do my no. homework, folks. <laughs> no, it's good. I'll get some trolls on my channel every now and then saying, "Hey man, I didn't do any exercise and I made it just fine. Just take it slow in the beginning." I and I I just push back on them and say, "I get it, man. I get it." Uh, you're probably one of those exceptional cases that has the mental capacity, 
um, to overcome some of that physical pain. But a lot of people aren't that way. So why not prep? Why not just do some things? Mm-hmm. So yes, I prep. Man, I work out every day. I have a seven-day-a-week workout schedule, but I agree with you. Uh, I think Joe Rogan and a whole bunch of other um, monsters out there will tell you, you got to do something hard every day. Um, and I believe that. I kind of subscribe to that that mindset of every day I'm going to punish myself a little bit and make myself uncomfortable a little bit because we're all seeking comfort. It's it's part of our nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try to at least once a day, man, you got to do something just to push yourself out of that comfort zone and make your mind sort through that pain and that discomfort. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're kind of in the same boat there because I hear this advice all the time. Like, oh, you can just hike yourself into shape. You don't need to, to train. And like, it, it, I, I'm not going to say it's like wrong because technically sure. you can do that in every single year. People do that. But yep. I just feel like when people say that, it's kind of misleading because I do believe that you're way, way better off training physically beforehand, not only for the mental stuff, because I mean, I, honestly, that's that's a huge benefit, but also just like if you're hurting less at the beginning, like you're going to have more mental capacity to, like, to, to kind of come to terms with what you're doing, right? I, I talked about this in my latest video again. And so like, I just, uh, it gets me. It's like when people say that, it's like, you're not wrong, but you're just, you're kind of misleading people. So I, I'm glad to hear you're kind of on the same page there. I work with a lot of um, strength trainers and just a bunch of professionals at work who train our operators. Um, most of these guys have been either in the professional or in professional sports or in college sports. And man, they understand the body and they understand the strain that's put on it in something um, long like a through hike. And they'll all tell you that if you don't do the prep work up front, uh, all the ligaments, all the tendons around your knees, all those things are not getting built up to support what they're going to need to, especially in those first few days in Georgia. And Mm -hmm. I was I made it to Blood Mountain. uh, I think I made it there around 10 o'clock on day two. And there was a guy up on top. He was laid out on the rocks. And I started talking to him and I interviewed him for my video. And he he was on day seven. He oh, left Jesus. Springer seven <laughs> days ago. And he I said, laugh, hey, man. like I'm not trying to be a dick, but that is like. <laughs> no, <kinda. laughs> I told him I was proud of him because he had been, he told me he retired. He's been 30 years sitting behind the desk. He mm-hmm. didn't do any prep for it. And it took him seven days. Now, deep inside, I knew he wasn't going to make it to Katahdin. But man, he made it to Blood Mountain. I was patting him on the back for mm-hmm. it. I don't know how much farther he made it, but just. I, I keep in my back of my mind, what if he would have prepped for it? What if, yeah. Cause he was dying, man. He was, he was not enjoying it. It was not fun. <laughs> and it's, it's like I say in my videos, if you just prep hard, man, you can enjoy hard. If you don't prep hard, you're not going to enjoy at least the first few weeks or months out there probably. Cause you're just going to be dealing with too much pain. Dude, you're, you're, you're spitting too much truth right now. This is, this is, I don't know if I can handle this. Cause I did, I agree a hundred percent. And, and I didn't start, you know, at a, a more common start time. Cause I, I started pretty late, but I did still see people, even just section hikers who like, yeah, dude, they were, they were hurting. I remember <laughs> like, uh, I see again, I'm laughing. Like I'm not trying to be a dick to these people cause everyone's going to start somewhere. But, um, I met this, this couple that started, um, or I, I met them on top of Springer and I did the the approach trail that first eight or nine miles, whatever. I think I started at like one or two in the afternoon and I was up there by like six or seven dinner time. Yeah. And it took these this this couple like like three days just to make it to the top of Springer. <laughs> and like when they yeah. first told me that, I was like, Okay, maybe I wasn't like maybe maybe I'm in pretty good shape here. Like maybe I don't need to, <laughs> to worry about this mental stuff as much. But and again, like you know, hike your own hike like whatever but i don't know that yeah it, it is important to do that stuff and also to be clear and i'm sure you'll agree with this as well um you when we when we talk about like physical training if you're getting ready to go out in 2020 and you're hearing this and you're like freaking out like oh my god i'm not like we're not you don't have to be like putting in like four hours at the gym every single day no, you know not at it, all it doesn't even have to be that that intense um just just anything really and and again um like in my opinion like the the having that allotted time to, to focus on the mental stuff is just as important. So I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's not that much that goes into it. I, it's going to be different for everybody and I'm not going to even come close to claiming that I am an expert on like physical training. So you got to figure out what works for you. And if you're really that serious about it, you should probably even, you know, consult a, a trainer or whatever. But all I did was like, 
you know, three, four days a week, you know, running three or four miles max. I was still in school full time. Like I didn't have that much time. And then, you know, a couple days at the gym, maybe, you know, just doing some squats and the leg machines and all that stuff. And that was really it. You know, I was still a little bit sore. I was still hurting a little bit at the start of my through hike, but just there was people around me that <laughs> dude, they were, they were fucking beating the shit out of themselves. And here I was, I did like 15 miles on my, on my, I guess it was my second day, the day after I summited. And like, I was feeling, I mean, not great, but like, I was, I was fine. Like, you know, <laughs> where that place at Gooch, Gooch Gap Shelter? Um, was it Gooch? I think it was, I think it was yeah. Gooch Gap. So I, I went up to the top of Springer the first day. And then, yeah, it was like 15 and a half to, I think it was Gooch Gap Shelter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, that's, I went, I went to Gooch Gap Shelter my first day as well. And then it was full and the introvert early risers, like, I'm going to keep going. So I went to Gooch Gap where that road crosses and yeah, there's yeah. a big field there. I, I hung out there the first night. But back to your point, I think what I noticed, and I, I do a lot of behavioral stuff at work. Um, I run our selection process. So I look at human behavior all the time. And what's interesting out on the trail is you got your, planners and you got your um let's just go see what happens hold my beard mm-hmm. type of people mm-hmm. uh what i would suggest to anybody starting out though to help with the mental and the physical side and i think this is just like a football game uh, most teams will come into a football game they'll have their first four or five plays scripted and then they're going to get hit in the mouth and then they got to just adapt i would just suggest for people just especially if you haven't done a lot of physical prep just plan your first day or two uh keep yourself to those lower mileages. And I hate to say that, but man, it's the truth. Um, and then stick to that schedule and then see how that body's feeling and then adjust from there. Uh, Cause you're going to get hit in the mouth out there. You're going to hurt all of us. Like you just said, all of us hike to our limit. I went 17 miles the first day and then I went 20 something the second day. Jeez. I was a hurting puppy after that, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <dude. laughs> so I knew I needed to pull back. Um, but that's what everybody has to figure out when they start. Just don't start. I don't know if you've heard of Craig Maines or Hawk. He's doing a yo-yo right now. In fact, he finishes his yo-yo day after tomorrow. Down oh, at dude, that's crazy. He I, I have not heard beast. of him. I'm going to have to have he's him a, on the show, though. That's fucking nuts. Dude, he's a mental giant. That's his fourth time doing the AT. He oh, did it Jesus once in 2012, and he's done it consecutively the last two years. And this year was a yo-yo. Um, he's a mental giant. His first day on his northbound leg in February, uh, he made it to Nils. He went to Nils Gap. But he he went the nil gap. It's unbelievable. He's a beast, man. That's a guy who I would love to hook you up with and get on the show because and he can't even tell you why he does it. He's just a hard human being who has the best time of his life when he's hiking. He's a fun person to watch. Dude, that's that's incredible. What's his name? Craig Hawks? No, Craig Maines, M-A-I-N-S. I I don't know why. His real name is Hawk. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Craig Maines Appalachian Trail. I see it now. Subbed. Um, yeah, fuck. Like yo-yo, that's insane. I've I talked to one dude who yo-yoed the PCT, but um, I've yet to talk to any AT yo-yoers. I mean, how many are there even that exist? So, yeah, dude, I keep trying to think of how do you even do it. I got to Katahdin, man. My body was so mess- hurting. I was just so ready to go home, and I can't imagine just touching the sign and turning around and doing it again. Yeah, like, like I'm halfway. Yeah, dude, absolutely fucking blows my mind. Um, dude, what what do you think was the hardest? section of the at for you mentally and i'll i'll let you define what i mean by section there because i'm not saying like a state or like a like a quarter you know i'll let you choose what that means but yeah what was the uh the hardest section for you mentally i was listening to one of your podcasts today and you were talking about vermont with somebody and i know that was dear to your heart so i was thinking about a little bit today too of vermont started i think it's the introduction into the hard part of the trail i don't think vermont is near as hard as the whites or whatever, but it kind of preps you for that next section. When I got into the whites, um, I got there a little too early, man, for the season. Um, Musalak, I went up it. There was a little snow going up, but when I was coming down the steep side, the north side, uh, it was an ice skating rink, and there was nothing you could do when you start descending. It was just you get on your butt and you slide down, and you're doing about 50 miles an hour, it feels like. And if you don't grab a tree or something, man, you're going off into the waterfall. It was torture. Jesus. That one shook. I skydive. I do everything else, Kyle, but that one shook me up. And if you watch the end of that day, I camped out at a creek down at the bottom near the parking lot. And I was I was a little mentally jacked that day. Overcame it. Uh, started going up Kinsman the next day. 
and the temperature, I'm not kidding you, this is May 18th. I just went and looked at the weather report, and it was 93 to 94 degrees in New Hampshire on May the 18th. <laughs> so I'm climbing up the Kinsman. I am in, I'm post holing in snow because there's still snow everywhere. Um, yeah, along man, that that's, creek. that's the whites for you. <laughs> it is. And so my, my lower body, I'm thinking I'm going to go hyperthermic. And then my upper body, I'm sweating so bad, I'm afraid I'm going to go uh, into heat stroke. So I think the only thing that saved me from going into heat stroke was my feet being in snow the whole way up to Kinsman. So Damn. Th- that beat me down mentally. And then getting to Southern Maine, going over the Wildcats and getting to Southern Maine, that I was on a struggle bus that whole time, man. So I really didn't recover mentally. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. I was going to make it regardless unless I broke my leg or something. But that doesn't mean you're mentally strong just because you're making it. I was I was in a hurt locker, man. And uh, I probably overcame it near the 100-mile wilderness and started regaining my, my wind and, and finished fairly strong. But that's a tough section that you live close to up there. And I, w- I kind of want to go do it again just to – Try to not be on the struggle bus so much. Going yeah, dude, you should. It's it's beautiful. A lot of people that listen to this podcast um are not through hikers and are like white mountain like peak baggers and stuff instead. So such a beautiful. They're area. gonna be they're gonna be telling you that same thing, dude. You, you definitely should. That's um. So it it almost sounds like your most difficult mental part was due to like your physical surroundings there. Yeah, in 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 the. Uh, the physical conditions it wasn't yeah. necessarily well i'm sure you know where you were at on your hike definitely didn't help the fact that you're that far in at that point but um it sounds like the the, the conditions and the train really kind of contributed to that it did the other the if you my subscribers know these two days too my wife and my family came up and visited me twice once in she came once when i was in the um Shenandoah, and then they came up again in Pennsylvania. And let me tell you, man, when when everything that you love and you hold dear in your life oh, turns around and starts driving south and you yeah, have to walk man. north away from it, dude, it was crushing me. And here's what's cool about vlogging. Um, and I was posting, I was the first one to really ever post my videos real time, meaning I would get them out at least the same day or the next morning. People could keep up with me where I was at on the trail. So about Virginia, people just started showing up out on the trail looking for me to give me trail magic and whatnot. <laughs> so the day, both days after my family left, somebody just magically appeared in the middle of the woods right when I was at my lowest. And yeah, they yeah. freaking just snapped me out of that little uh, pity party I was having for myself. And I credit them with saving my hike. There's a guy named David Smith in Pennsylvania, and he knows the story well because I said it on my blogs. But Man, he he appeared at the magic moment where I was like, screw this. I'm calling my wife. I'm telling her to turn around and come get me. And he appeared uh, and changed my whole day, man. So there's some mental low points out there. And no matter who you are, and that's what my last video was about, the demons are coming to find you. And they're going to find you. Um, it's just do you have the tools to deal with it when they come? Yeah, dude. That's incredible, what was, man. Sorry, what was yours, dude? I got to hear yours because you started late. By the way, you probably said it on another through or another podcast, but why did you start in May? Uh, I, yeah, exactly, dude. I, I would have started earlier if I could, if, if I could have, but I, I, dude, really I was just in the White no Mountains when you started. Dude, basically. I was literally just thinking about it when you were telling <laughs> that story that I was like, Jesus Christ. I was what? Like, I was in Georgia still. On May eighteenth, crazy. <laughs> I was. It had I was, to be hot as hell. I was like a day a day out of Neil's Gap. Honestly, dude, the the heat didn't really hit me or really get to me until I got to like Virginia and it really started to set in. My my first month or so was relatively um like rainy and wet. So it, it, it which I at the time I was I was bitching and moaning. Little did I know that was way better than than dealing with the uh, the humidity and the heat and stuff. As dude, a, that's uh, my crib tonight, bro. I don't know. I. I I think you guys who do later through hikes and hike through the summer, I think y'all are some of the strongest mental people probably in the world. Dude, I don't know, you, man. That is hard as hell. Dude, I don't know. And again, I this probably goes back to the geographic thing, but I I don't know. The, the heat was hard. The heat was definitely hard. I will say that I don't like to hike when it's like really cold. Towards the end of mm. my end of my hike, you know, we had a couple nights in the in the thirties my last couple of weeks and I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of that. Although it probably was still better than um than the heat, but I I was just saying I never ca- I only caught one day in the 80s, and the rest of the time I was using a 20 degree quilt the whole way and was never hot in it. Like it was cold. I rode the the front side of spring all the way up to Katahdin. It was crazy, <laughs> man. 
Dude, hiking through the snow and the whites, though, that's got to be, I don't know. That, that I feel like that's terrible. that's more mentally challenging than, than anything I've faced. Um, so Hawk, the guy who did the yo-yo, when him and the guy he was walking to, when they got up there, the snow levels were much higher this year. He got there almost the same day that I did. He got, I think he was going up to Kinsman on May 16th or 17th or something like that. They tried it twice. They had snowshoes. They still couldn't make it up it, so they went and did the long trail. So he not only did a yo-yo, he also did the whole long trail too. Jesus on this Christ! <laughs> and, and to the wait long the snow out. Long trail is not fucking easy either, Dan. That's no, crazy, I man. hear the yeah. I heard I've heard you say and other people say the hundred miles it didn't at is like way harder than any part of the at. It's what a lot of people say. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it's way harder. It's I would say it's like slightly easier than the whites, maybe in some spots. Wow, that's <laughs> still legit though. I mean, it's pretty tough. Yeah, it's definitely harder than um the. AT section through Vermont. That's awesome. It's a it's a sweet trail though. Um, for me, the most mentally challenging part of the trail was probably you know there, there's a couple different sections. You know the the beginning was hard, Virginia was hard, but I think the most challenging part was actually um, Maine, honestly, and mm-hmm. and even even the second half of Maine, like literally up until the day I finished. Um, that was that was really hard and in. It's kind of hard to explain why. I I know why, but I've never I've talked about it on on a couple other episodes and, and on some other podcasts I've been guests on, and it's really hard to articulate it. But it's just like at that point I'm less than you know 200 miles. I've I've crossed over the 2,000 mile mark. You know what is you know another 190 miles at that point, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I almost feel like I, because I had come so far, I knew exactly what 200 or uh, what 190 miles like felt like and it's still a long fucking like ways and especially through Maine the terrain's pretty difficult and I was probably a little bit not intimidated but just like a little bit nervous for the 100 mile and and the extra logistics you have to kind of deal with going through there and I don't know dude all that stuff combined just kind of got to me and and another thing too is um you might you might find this fascinating honestly when I started the trail, I was very focused on not thinking about how many miles I had left. That was like a mm. huge priority in um in a a wall. You know, they have mm-hmm. the uh, the mileage that you've come so far, and then right next to it, the mileage that you have left. You know, next to every single waypoint, every single shelter, water source, road crossing, all that stuff. And I pretty much trained my brain to just block that number out. Like mm. the the, uh, the 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 number that said how many miles I had left. That is, I I never paid attention to that. Like it was literally like a black spot when I w- when I would look at it. I never ever looked at that shit. And for some reason, I was able to keep that up all the way until I got to the main border. But once I hit that main border, something just clicked in my head, and I was like, okay, like I'm I'm almost there now. I can like kind of <laughs> give into that. And Maine is still a long fucking state. Like it is the last state. You're you're close. You're way more than you know. You're you're, you're you are like just really close, but you still have a long ways to go, and, and it is so difficult as well. So the fact that I kind of just let myself like give in in that regard and started thinking about the end, started thinking about how close I was, really fucked with me. And it kind of sucks because looking back on it, I wish I was able to enjoy maine a little bit more the weather the weather was like unbelievable through there we were getting the fall colors and stuff and and like the scenery is just amazing in maine as you know but i i don't know like it was it was tough i was i i I let myself burn out basically i think if i had gone into it knowing that i need to literally up until the last day not ever think about how far i i have left then i think i would have done a lot better but Shit, I don't know. <laughs> That's a man. I appreciate you sharing that, and I think, I think that describes a lot of what I was dealing with in Maine as well. Um, you know, I went out on the trail to try to let go of some of my ego, some of the parts of me that gets up, and I got to plan everything out, and I got to stay on a timeline. And uh, I tell you, the trail just brought it out. I just, I naturally fell back into it when I got up to Maine. Um, I finally realized, why are you wearing your watch? Because I don't know if people notice, but it's those little things. I look down at my freaking watch a thousand times a day mm-hmm. on the trail. And what it does is just take you out of enjoying what you're doing and worrying about something that you can't even control. You can't control time. Why do I need to look down at my watch all day? I'm still gonna, <laughs> I still have hundreds of miles to walk. Uh, so I started figuring some things out, but I think I burned myself out as well. And I keep telling people, Kyle, on 
every through hike vlog I watch when I hear them say no rain, no pain, no Maine, which I'm so over that saying because Maine <laughs> is the second longest state on the AT. Yeah, and dude. if you get to that, if you get to that Maine sign, which by the way is the start of the Mahoosics, if you get to that sign and then think you can take or loosen up your rucksack straps a little bit, you are going to get slammed mentally hard uh, because those next 30 or 40 miles, I think are the hardest on the trail. So I just keep telling people, man, the, the goal's Katahdin. Don't focus on that main sign and just enjoy it a little bit more. Quit worrying about little things. Like everybody, what's funny, and when you were saying all that, I was thinking about, I started learning to enjoy wet feet um, when I got up into New Hampshire. <laughs> Damn, dude. And it, if, if you watch everybody's video, that's what everybody is concerned about is the first time during the day they got to get their feet wet. It drives people insane. And some people, and I love it, they say, man, just wake up and take a freedom step. Just get your foot wet right then, and you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. <laughs> so good. But people are so scared of doing that. So everybody that watches me know about Vermont. It was Vermont because it was Vermont when I went through. It was flooding. I just started, my feet started healing up when they were flushed out all day long. All the bacteria that builds up, I was flushing all that out all day long. And as long as I let my feet dry at night, I would wake up the next day and they were as in good a shape as they had ever been. So I kept them wet all the way to Katahdin, man. And what a weird experience. Nobody could really comprehend that that was working. Kind of shocked me too. But every day <laughs> I would just wake up, take freedom steps. And every creek I saw, I would sit there and soak my feet in them for a little while. Dude, so crazy. So crazy. Um, I, I, I don't like having wet feet. <laughs> you, you got me on that one, dude. You got me on that one. Nobody does. And it's, although, it's odd. Although I'm sure my feet were less wet than yours were given the, uh, the time of year you were going through. Why did you, um, I'm sure you've talked about this on your channel before, but why did you hike it so fast? Um, was yeah, that, was that intentional? Was, like, did you start out with that in, or with that as like a plan or is that just kind of what happened? Yeah. I, I got a lot of pushback on the channel cause people, um, you know, when you're vlogging people, they think they understand what you're going through. But really, even when I had my long vlogs, which were 28 minutes a day or something like that, man, I was hiking for 12 hours. What you're seeing is 28 minutes of it. So a lot of people just assume that you're blowing past views and stuff. Um, man, it's not the case. I was just going at what pace I would, I would push my body every day until I was just past what I thought it was capable of. And then I'd go ahead and camp or, or do whatever. Um, and I, what I was doing was just, I like that feeling of pushing myself. So mm -hmm. to me, it's a challenge. Uh, and it ended up being, I got into a rhythm of where I was doing four 25 mile days in a row. And then I would take a zero day. So I do a hundred miles in four days and then take a day off. Uh, I was just trying to keep about a 20 average until I got to New Hampshire. And honestly, I kept a 20 average going through the whites. Um, and then I finished it like a, not that people care, but I think I was at like a 19.7 mile average when I summited Katahdin. Damn, and it's dude. just. It's just fun. It's fun for me to track that. And it's fun. I love watching the people break the fastest known time records. Um, do, would I do it? No. But man, what beasts can... <laughs> they did that crazy, trail in man. under 45 days, Isn't man. Isn't that Are you fucking insane? Me? Like that's what, like multiple marathons a day over mountains for like 40 fucking days in a row. Like, yeah, I was crazy. at Duncannon or somewhere on day 45 and I was dying. And these people <laughs> were summoning Katahdin in that same time frame. And I don't even comprehend it. It's yeah, that, that's that shit always blows my mind. I, I've never really had like a like an FKT holder on this show. I'd, I'd like to at some point. Um, probably not for the Those AT. Are, They're a little no, bit but, above my pay grade, but <laughs> yeah, mental giants though. If you want to talk to mental giants, talk to some people who do endurance races like the 200, 300 mile races. Yeah, man, I, that's crazy, man. That shit is absolutely insane. Um, dude. There's so much here. I don't even know. I don't even know where to go next. Like, goddamn. Let me ask you. Did you did you deal with bugs? Um, a little bit for like uh, honestly, I was a little bit lucky with bugs. Although I did get mosquitoes pretty bad going through um, uh, let's see, like New Jersey up through Massachusetts. But dude, I trust me, living here, I know what it's like during the spring <laughs> up yeah, here in New England. Sure. So I'm sure you got absolutely fucking destroyed, huh? Yeah, and I think that's another reason why I didn't enjoy Maine a lot because, man, you know, you stop. And, and all that water, getting, all the rivers and lakes you're yeah. passing, dude. Yeah, that's that's not good with bugs. I was at a shelter, and it was – I couldn't even think straight. I was getting eat alive. I don't know how people stay in shelters in the spring. Man, I'm in my tent every night. It's just something for your faster hikers you got to think about. If you get up there in the springtime, black fly season, you are going to face a new mental challenge that most of you might not mm -hmm. realize how bad it's going to be. 
Dude, that's so crazy. It, like I, it, the Adirondacks are a lot like um, the Hundred Mile Wilderness, just for instance, in that there's a lot of water and the bugs are mm. really, really bad. I did, or I, I attempted the Northville Placid Trail, which is a trail in the Adirondacks, um, and I left on June first. And like it, this trail is literally just all lakes and rivers, pretty much, and like absolutely fucking destroyed by bugs for eight days. So, dude, I cannot imagine like dealing with that <laughs> for more yeah, than just like a couple days. Like you had to, like, oh man, that it's it's so bad. I didn't tell many people the story, but I was sitting in my tent and some by some shelter. I was getting closer to the hundred mile wilderness. I was a couple of days out of Shaw's. Um, cause I stayed in Charles before I entered the hundred mile and I was in my tent and I heard something huge gallop and it was right outside of my tent door. I probably could have reached my arm out and it was snorting and you could hear it trying to get the flies off of it. And as it was running off, I looked out and it was a moose that had freaking ran right, man, I was so <laughs> lucky it didn't run over me in my shelter, but had run right by me and, and those black flies were driving it crazy, man. Anyway. The, the, it's it's a different <laughs> environment up there for a southern boy um, to be up there in spring. Yeah, what used to that? Were you judging by your accent? I'm gonna guess this is the case. Um, were you like born and raised in the south? Like always lived there. Yep, I was uh, about 40 miles from Amicalola, just south, just north of Atlanta. Damn, <laughs> dude, that's crazy. First of all, I just gotta say two two of my guests in a row because last week's guest Jeremiah Springer also. I think he's from Kentucky. He's got a super thick accent, so I'm 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 all about the southern accents, dude. I, I love I love southern accents. Man, I thought I got rid of mine. You saying it's still there? Oh, Damn. it's still there. It's still there. And it, <laughs> honestly, dude, every time I say something like that to somebody with an accent, yeah. they they always like take it like in a bad way. And I'm like, no, dude. Like I like the accent. Like it's cool. My my parents. Well, if, you, if you have this um, accent and you go out to California or somewhere, you're instantly considered about forty. IQ points lower than everybody else. Yeah, so I can it's, imagine it's that. It's hard to overcome. Unfortunately, up here, it's probably the same way, too, because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's different for me, though, because my parents moved to the South, like, a couple years ago. They live in, like, a Hilton Head area of South Carolina. Awesome. I know and, it well. And when they moved down there, like, uh, I was expecting, you know, a bunch of people with accents, but I came to find out pretty quickly that most of the people in that area are just, like, transplants from the north. So, <laughs> I go 100%. down there to visit. I'm literally leaving tomorrow morning to go visit for Christmas and stuff. And, like, I, it's it's just, like, <laughs> no accents. I'm like, come on. I feel like I'm being cheated out of my southern experience yeah, here. <laughs> that place, anywhere on the coast. And then if you go down to Florida, we call it the southernmost Yankee state in America because it is just full of transplants yeah, that dude. came down for the warmer weather. Dude, that's so funny. Yeah, you're, you're so right because, like, yeah, every time I've been to Florida too, it's like, like you 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 go through like the deep south and the Bible Belt, but then when you get to Florida, the accents and in some of the I, I haven't been to Florida that much, but from my experience, some of like the Southern culture too just kind of goes away. But I don't know, definitely up near uh, up near Amicalola Falls, that is that is not the case, and and I don't know, dude, I I love it, I love the South, I got a lot of listeners down there, so maybe I'm biased, but I have a lot of listeners all over the place, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> We got we got time for for a couple more topics here, um, dude. I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you take over here, mostly because I, I don't really know where to go, honestly. Um, yeah, man. Let else? me let me yeah yeah yeah. Let me give a shout out to uh, Quicksand. He's so another through hiker that's coming solo right now. He's still out there, man. He just got back on the trail from a couple of weeks break. His name's Quicksand on the trail, and I think that's a good. When we get back into the mental conversation, he's a good guy to go watch his his through hike this time because he's he's been on the struggle bus mentally. The cold he doesn't like. You know, he's done a northbound hike before, so he's a through hiker, but now he chose to do it southbound. Um, he loved the first part of the trail, of course. Mm -hmm. um, he's from Georgia, so he's walking towards home, which I kind of want to ask you about, too, because I, you were walking towards your house yeah. for a lot of the trail. Um, but, man, he was on a mental struggle bus for a while, and he's been in and out. The beautiful thing about quicksand, though, that I want your – hopefully the listeners to go watch his through hike is – he, he gets on the camera and he talks about it. That's something that, man, I didn't have the humility to do a lot. When I'm struggling, I would rarely turn on the camera. It's those, it's those vloggers that we can go watch who will get on camera and tell you what's in their mind. Man, it's so beneficial to see before you get out there because that is exactly some of the same things they will be going through if they're planning on through hiking in the future. So quicksand on the trail, man. He, he, and he makes amazing content. I would say his videos are up there close to Ivytats, Um and he kind of mirrors what he does after Ivytat, actually. As much profanity? Not at all. <laughs> Zero. He's family friendly, so. I gotcha. 
I love I love Ivy Tat though. Me and him were in communication before he started his AT through hike. Like that dude is a beast. Oh, know. dude, he's so awesome. He's been on the show twice now, and I'm very I've thankful both. for. They're they're good. Yeah, man. dude, he's 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 shown the show a lot of love, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> dude, okay, so oh, let me ask you this. Yeah, real yeah quick, go Kyle. for it. Go for it. How was it walking home? Because uh, I think that was my biggest one of my biggest mental struggles was I was walking away from from this place that I love so much and the people that I love. So how was it? getting to walk towards your house at least for the first yeah dude miles. i don't i don't really know i honestly i haven't really thought about this much and i i, I dude i don't even know man like <laughs> i don't even know i i will say that when i first started making it back to vermont was pretty much the same thing as as finishing as far as like mm. how far away it felt you know you know, yeah. I, it wasn't like I was in my mind like, oh, I got to make it to Vermont and then I'll make it the rest of the way. It was just like Vermont is as far away as Katahdin pretty much. Um, so I, I, I did think about it sometimes. And I will also say that making it to the Vermont border was like almost as amazing as making it to Katahdin. Um, obviously, just because of not only because that was my state, but I had also hiked that first 30 miles of the long trail like three yeah. times before I, I made made it there on, on my through hike. So I was just really familiar with that part of the trail. And so, dude, I don't know. Like I said, it wasn't until Maine that the mental sh- struggle like really, really set in. And so I I don't know if I necessarily like, uh, like f- going through New Hampshire, I was fine. So I, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know if I, I'm not obviously like based on my fumbling around here, like I'm not going to be able to give you a, a straight answer on that. No. So no, <laughs> I mean, I think your answer was an answer. So let me ask you this. Then a follow-up is when you woke up every day, what was Kyle's reasoning for going hiking that day? Like what was your driving factor every day? Not the ultimate goal you want to get at the tide, but what was, what were you thinking of every morning when you got up to keep you going, especially on the hard days? Mm, another hard one. Um, Especially on the hard days, I, again, this is, it's, for me, it's so like relating, it's so related to my, my history with, with the idea of through hiking. I had set my mind on this when I was like 16, as I mentioned earlier. And I, there was never a time ever on my through hike where I considered quitting. I mean, of course there's lots of times where I was like, I don't really want to be doing this right now, Mm -hmm. but there was never a time where. I was like, oh, I, I just want to quit the trail. And like, I feel like I, it's hard to, again, it's hard to answer that without just saying, making it to Katahdin. And like, I don't know, just, I spent so much time, so many years, like just viewing the people that through hiked the Appalachian trail. I said this in another episode as like a, they're like superhumans, right? Like I, I aspire to be that, like that was like, I just looked up to that so much and Every day I would, you know, if I was able to get up and, and continue hiking, I was a day closer to, to being that thing that I aspired to be. And, and so I think that's probably the closest I'm going to get to being yeah. able to answer no, that No, that's question. perfect. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to get across here, and you just summed it up well, is there's a key to everybody's game. And for everybody, it's different. And everybody needs to figure out what that key is. For you, you prep so hard. Uh, and you looked up to those guys and you wanted to kind of be in that same realm of, of badassery of the people that hiked it, man, there was nothing probably going to stop you other than an injury, I'm guessing. Yeah, that, I, I would say that's fair. For other people, man, they're going to hit some roadblocks. And if their why behind why they're hiking isn't strong, like it sounds like yours was set in stone. That's why I like people who vlog because I kind of push on them and say, now you've got a whole community um, that kind of are your accountability mirror, if you will. You're putting out those videos. We're trying to help you up there, um, feed off our energy, and just all you got to do is keep walking. That's a piece of advice Spielberg gave me, and I just said it on one of my videos. Just keep walking. No matter whatever you're facing, all you have to do is just keep walking, and everything planes back out again, and, and the, the bubbles level once again. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to give people at least enough mental advice to where – Everything is overcomable out there unless your bone is sticking out of your leg or something like that. So yeah, dude. If you just keep moving forward, I don't care if you got to go take a double zero or whatever it is, just keep pushing forward and experience the magic that's waiting on you when you get up to the top of that mountain in Katahdin because it is worth everything that you go through. 
Definitely, definitely. Dude, so obviously you're like super in tune with who's vlogging and, and all that stuff. And, and as we kind of talked about beforehand, I don't really watch the AT or any really trail vlogs for that matter. I, I went through that phase again when I was like 16 and I yeah. binge watched the shit out of that stuff for a couple of years and I just kind of cut over it. So yeah. I am curious to know who have you been, um, cause you know, people are starting to post like their, their gear lists and their, you know, Q and A's, all the people that are getting ready to vlog in 2020, who have you been, um, kind of keeping an eye on? And I don't know who, who are some of the, the hikers that are going to be heading out next year that, uh, some of my listeners should go check out on YouTube. Yeah, so um, there's a few, and some of them are going to be mad if I forget them. But uh, I know Camper 2020 is one. I think he starts, spells Camper with a K. He's one of the more popular ones. Um, man, I'm I'm just forgetting all of them right now. <laughs> I kind of put you on the spot there, dude. No, it's good, though. What I will promise everybody is here's what I do know. Ramdino Hikes. Um, Ramdino is the guy's name. He's awesome. He comes out with a video about weekly and updates everybody. He has a spreadsheet that he puts out on his vlogs that has everybody who's going to through hike this year. And he has everybody that's finishing their southbound hike on there. And he keeps up with all of them. He puts out trail weather for the AT. He does this whole, whole spill every week <laughs> or every two weeks. So if everybody will just go search out Ramdino on the trail, you will get every bit of information you need on who's hiking. Cool, man. Cool, man. Um, so... I did not remember to remind you about preparing a story for the end, but you listened nope. to a couple episodes, so I'm hoping that you were prepared. <laughs> is that yeah, true? And, and so do you, does this have to be a positive? Like, dude, it does is... not have to be positive. It can be – dude, so if you're sitting around a campfire and somebody asks you for that yep. like one story, what would that story be? That's what I'm looking for here. Yep. So I'm sitting in Damascus, um, fresh ground, which I know somebody mentioned who that on your, I think it was um, Frozen mentioned fresh ground on an episode a long time ago. Fresh ground's a trail angel out there. He just happened to be hiking the AT the year I was hiking. So I was walking with this legend and I didn't even know it. Um, so me and fresh ground are sitting at the hostel um, in Damascus a polar vortex is coming through. My dumb ass decides, hey, I'll go hike in it the next day. They were smart <laughs> enough to stay. I leave the hostel and about 10 miles into the hike going northbound, obviously, uh, I started coming down with a stomach impairment. I didn't know what it was. Ended up being um, Noro. Yikes. So I got to a shelter about 15 miles in. I just threw up my tent. I was throwing up, had diarrhea all that night. It got down to, I think, one or two degrees. I woke up inside my duplex. Um, all my breath had turned to ice on the inside. It was about four degrees when I started packing up my stuff about four in the morning. And I just started walking because I didn't have a choice at that point. I could lay there and possibly freeze to death or just get warm and start walking. So I did. I walked through the ponies that day up in the Grayson Highlands. Um, I went 32 miles, I think, that day, um, not eating anything, hadn't just throwing up and diarrhea all day, slept in a shelter that night. It got down cold again, made it into Marion the next day and looked at myself in the mirror um, and almost quit. Damn. Uh, my ego, my ego couldn't handle. I pride myself on trying to stay somewhat in shape and big. I looked at myself and I looked like I was decimated, man. I, my body had eaten itself. I had lost about 28 pounds up to that point and uh, almost called knock it off, which is a term we use in the military to, to quit. Um, so I took a phone call with my wife and a new strategy of, of being a little bit smarter on the trail. So again, I just tie that in for everybody just to say, man, decisions out there could save you or kill you. And I made some poor decisions that time and learned a lot from it. But again, if you just keep moving forward, you're going to be okay. Yeah, man, you were able to stick it out. That's all that matters. Dude, this was a, this was a lot of fun. I love talking about this mental shit. So I've said this like a thousand times this episode already, but like the fact that you get that stuff and the fact that you are also fascinated about that stuff and are able to hopefully influence some other people, you know, when it comes to this stuff is, is just really awesome in my opinion. Yeah, so dude, it's been thank fun, you. Man. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a, this was a lot of fun. My pleasure, Kyle. Let's do it again soon. Um, with that said, why don't you go ahead and plug your YouTube and any other social media you want to plug and uh, yeah, people can go check your shit out if they're not familiar already. 
Yep. So early riser seven one, that's my YouTube and my Instagram channel. And also if you search early riser seven one or Howard free F R E E on Facebook, I'm on, on there as well. And then, um, I also run a website and a YouTube channel for the seven two four S T G. Uh, that stands for special tactics group. That's a unit I work for. And the reason why I'm plugging it is we have some podcasts on there and I've got sports psychologists. I interview some strength coaches and a lot of other people. So I think if if the hiker community in general would just go over and listen to some of those, you'll gain some really good tips from people who have made a living out of teaching people how to be mentally strong and physically strong. So go over there and check that out. There's some good episodes on there. Awesome, man. I'll have a link to all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who's listening. And yeah, good luck to everybody who's heading out in 2020. Have a good one. Yeah.